I'm Lemuel Gonzalez, Repentant Sinner, and along with Amory Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's painless Sunday school lesson, Without Works. Today we will talk about things that go good with breakfast. Does anything come to mind for you? What goes good with breakfast? Yes. I don't know, toast? Toast is good. What kind of toast? The toast is like a... French toast is the best toast. French toast, yes. <laughs> what about prayer? I mean, not for me, but sure. So... It might seem strange as a connection, breakfast and prayer, but they have a long history together. Have you ever heard, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for this food? Yes, because food and good don't rhyme and it bothers me. Yes, it technically should be food. Yes, or good. (laughs) Or the far less reverent, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God. Yay God! Because that's how I end all my prayers. Okay. Yay God. (laughs) And also a pom-pom. So, based on this, we know that breakfast and prayer have a long history. They go together. Bitterness, rancor do not go good with breakfast or with prayer. So we will cover that today in Not Necessarily the Good News. So, we've discussed the National Prayer Breakfast before. It is a yearly ecumenical event held in Washington, D.C., and since 1980 in the Washington Hilton Ballroom. It's hosted by members of Congress and organized by the Fellowship Foundation, though attendance for the event is not restricted to Christians. And the president pretty much always goes there Mm -hmm. and says some things. Says some things. So, Mr. Trump has made a bizarre spectacle of the National Prayer Breakfast. Mr. Trump has made a bizarre spectacle of everything. Of his office, yes. All of it. Uh, of the United States. Yep. Of Himself. Just about everything. He's used the National Prayer Breakfast as an opportunity for self-promotion and aimless rants. He uses any time in front of a microphone for that. For both of those things. They shouldn't give a microphone at prayer breakfast. No, they should. I think there, there should be a way of editing his comments, but he's been the most egregious. Generally, when you see the National Prayer Breakfast and you see other people... Attending, they have something at least coherent to say. My sense is that he was given a speech and then he decided not to say the words that they gave him. Possibly. You never know, though. Some of the. I don't. I don't. I'm not inside that White House, and my guess is that any people who are trying to keep the wheels on have maybe been leaving in the last. They might have left a long time ago, (laughs) too. At the recent prayer breakfast, Trump surpassed himself. He followed the keynote speaker for the event. Uh, That was Professor Arthur Brooks, a conservative Catholic who in the past has contributed dialogues with the Dalai Lama and President Barack Obama. Professor Brooks has recently published a book, Love Your Enemies, How Decent People Can Save America from the Culture of Contempt. Which seems directly aimed at the president, which is an interesting option for the prayer breakfast wherein the president would be in attendance. Uh, No, we have to remember that he is a conservative. So he has that point of view, but he's not above reaching out and trying to talk to other people. The president is not a conservative, so... No, no, I mean the <laughs> keynote speaker. No, I understand that, but what mm-hmm. I'm saying is the title of his book seems directly aimed at Trump and what's happening in right. Washington. And it is interesting to me that they would have picked him as the keynote speaker with President Trump in the room. The gist of the book in the blurb that I read seemed to be how to repair a culture that's created by Trump. I think that, but I don't know that it addresses him directly, Mm -hmm. but uh, uh, being that it is Trump, he does believe that everything is about him. And in this case, he may not be wrong, but go ahead. So he followed the the keynote speaker for the event, and just after the professor finished his address, Trump uh, took the microphone. 
and Trump speaking to a bipartisan gathered clergy, and this means that there were Christians as well as Muslims and others. So bipartisan clergy, you mean uh, multi-denominational. Multi-denominational and... Multi-faith. Multi-faith and multi-party. Okay. There were Democrats there as well as Republicans. Yeah. Okay. Nancy Pelosi was there. Oh, okay. Oh, right. And she's very serious about she's her Catholicism. Very, right. Don't come between her and her Catholicism. She'll cut you. <laughs> so his response was this. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. I'm working hard for you, I will tell you. And sometimes you don't make it easy, and I certainly don't make it easy on you. And I will continue that tradition if I might this morning. And Arthur, I don't know if I agree with you. First of all, you should call him professor. Right. You don't need to be so informal. Not with a person who's had that degree of learning. You have to respect them just as you respect a doctor by calling them doctor well, or a judge by calling them your honor. To be fair, though, I wouldn't call him by his professional address at this point either. Uh, I so might have another name for him. There are, other, there are other words I would use, but we will not stay here. So then Trump went on the attack using the interfaith occasion to condemn the people he felt were responsible for his recent impeachment. Fun. As he said, as everyone knows, my family, our great country, and your president have been put through a terrible ordeal by some very dishonest, corrupt people. They have done everything possible to destroy us, and by so doing, very hurtly, ba- uh, very badly hurt our nation. As you can see, I'm trying to correct his English as it's I'm reading It's difficult, it. yes. They know what you, they are doing is wrong, but they put themselves far ahead of our great country. I need to, I need to just take a pause, a, a beat here. Uh-huh. In the great tradition of the Republicans of the last 40 years, um... He's rubber and you're glue, and everything that he says, like, it's, or you're rubber and he's, literally everything that he is saying about himself, or about Democrats, or the Mm. people against him, are the exact things that the Republicans and himself are doing. Like, it's the things that they... To cry the loudest that you are do, guilty of is what they are most well, definitely guilty of. A, there's an interesting tactic. It's a bully tactic. And anybody who's been in a schoolyard or worked with children knows it, which is when you are caught doing something wrong, you just scream and protest loudly on the point of tears or anger and show great umbrage at being accused of something. Right. But, his, but, but they go even more into the specifics. To use the phrase dishonest and corrupt mm-hmm. against anyone out of his mouth is just the, the, the rank hypocrisy is stifling. And it's hard not to get caught in the hypocrisy because it is, there's, there's a, a certain amount of shock at a person openly lying Yes, with no... Fear of any no. kind of recriminations. Absolutely, and it's, that's it is. It's startling when you hear it. It is think, because it feels like a form of insanity. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, it effectively is. Is I mean. I, I mean. I, would, I. I don't. I because I don't think that he believes the things that he is saying. I don't think that. But if he thinks that I'm going to believe the things that he is saying, then he is equally crazy, perhaps. So, uh, to continue with yes. his. Sorry. Weeks ago, and again yesterday, courageous Republican politicians and leaders, which is a contradiction in terms courageous Republicans at this point, um, had the wisdom, fortitude, and strength to do what everyone knows was right. I don't like people who use their faith as a justification for uh, doing what they know is wrong, nor do I like people who say, I pray for you, when they know that's not so. So... What he done is... Also, to say... Right. What, what he doesn't like... Nancy Pelosi, I 
promise you uh-huh. prays for President Donald Trump. Right. He, she just doesn't pray for him the way that he wants to be prayed for, which is uh, as some sort of deity in well, himself. Go, he doesn't want to be prayed for. He wants to be prayed to. Well, there's that. Um I think that... But also, he likes to protect him and keep him, and everything right. that he does is right, and, you know, carry his wisdom through, and all that nonsense that mm-hmm. they do at his cabinet meetings, where they all have to, like... I, I don't know... It's... it's. <laughs> I, I, I don't know exactly what he was expecting, but what he's doing here is really clear. He's attacking the people who he felt are responsible for his impeachment... Yep. The people that are really the people that caught him doing but, the bad but, things yes, that he that's was basically doing. Basically, it you know you caught and me decided with my hand that in the jar. you can't do that, and we're going to try and stop you from doing that. Yeah. And his other uh, followed by so many people have been hurt, and we can't let that go on, which is a not even veiled threat. Right. Well, and also so many people have been hurt. Who? who? I mean, other than our entire democracy, by you. Who well, are you talking to? I think to? that no one's been hurt by the impeachment nope. except him. He and hasn't, it hasn't really been hurt badly nope. because people are so willing to support everything that he does. So now that he's openly um, openly being, doing really immoral things, mm-hmm. firing people, firing mm-hmm. people who are relatives of people that he knew, going on sort of political attacks, mm-hmm. uh, I, I really get irritated by the use of the term sleazebag. When he's addressing it towards people, because it has... Has he used that phrase? Yes, he has. Wow, okay. It, it um, Which, coming from him, is amazing. From Coming from a man who we all know to be a sex abuser and right. possibly rapist. Yes. Um, credibly abused... Uh, yes, there are credible accusations. Ac- accused by multiple, multiple women. Right. Yes. But using that term, there's... For people who remember how it comes about, there's a horrible sexual connotation to it. That's true. And so, using that term towards... Adam Schiff or Nancy Pelosi is just disgusting. Mm-hmm. And Mitt Romney. Now, we should talk about that briefly, yeah. too. Mitt Romney is... Now, we in the first program, or the early programs that we did, we talked about Christianity, what qualifies as Christian and what doesn't. Right. And we talked about how some forms of religion that worship Jesus fall outside of the technical definition of what Christianity is, and we mentioned Mormonism. Right. Now, this is not to say that Mormons are immoral or bad people. No. Mitt Romney has a sort of a sketchy record on this because uh, we all remember the um, presidential debates where he spent the first one just denying everything that he ever said. Yeah. However, on this particular issue, he really stood up to Trump. And he He did did. it in a way that was praiseworthy. He did. I don't hold a lot of love in my heart for Mitt Romney. Uh, I don't hold ill will towards him. I don't really think about him much. Um, But he... Before his vote in the Senate during the impeachment trial, said that even though he was going to be the the on the receiving end of significant attacks from both his Republican colleagues and the president himself, he swore an oath before God, which, as much as I personally don't think that they should swear an oath before God in the Senate, that doesn't that rubs me the wrong way, but. They all did, and Uh, he did, and he said, I cannot swear an oath before God and then not follow through on that oath. So I need to do what I swore I would do, and and to do that, I need to convict the president 
or I need to, you know, mm -hmm. I guess the word is convict. He so, he voted that he was guilty. Ultimately, I have to respect him because he seemed to be the only conservative that took the idea of an oath before God seriously. He was the, yes, that is, because yes. Because the rest of these people obviously ignored it. They knew that he did something wrong and they were mm -hmm. continuing to cover up for him on the grounds that they were getting their policies passed through. And and, and they said as much. Yes. We think what he did was wrong. We're not going to do anything and about it. And started with Mitch McConnell. And Lindsey Graham. And Those his are refusal the two. To, to... Oh, Mitch McConnell said at the outset, before yes. he had even taken said oath, that he would not be an impartial juror. That oath said explicitly, I swear to God to be an impartial right. juror. And he did say those words and did not mean them at all well he already said that he yes. was going to lie on on this about this oath and so i think he should have been i don't know disqualified from yes i'm not sure the what the proceedings. process would be for that there wasn't been. any yeah. and i but i that's where i kind of think that the the judge in the mm -hmm. matter should be like well you've just you've you've just lied right by taking this oath you've just lied and so you're no longer eligible for to sit here and have this conversation. And I think that anybody who said that they were going to not be impartial should have been removed from the proceedings and they should have not been allowed to vote. I think, yeah, and it might seem that we're getting very political in this particular instance, but we have to because these are the, the reason why it falls into our ballywick, so to speak, mm -hmm. is that it's now falling into the area of people who are using morality to make completely erroneous decisions or using Christianity again as a way of justifying what is not at all justifiable by the teachings of Jesus Christ. And the thick hypocrisy around it, the last thing, I guess mm -hmm. we can do it here rather than in a separate segment, uh, was I wanted to bring up Jerry Falwell Jr., who mm -hmm. we have uh, Felicia'd in the past, right. yes, exactly. um, who on Fox News said that he believed that Mitt Romney should leave his religion out of his political decision-making, mm -hmm. which is exactly the opposite of what all of these fundamentalists, right. leaders say that they want in their politicians, and it's disgusting that he would say... Uh, it's wild to me that he could have said that sentence and then didn't, like, burst into flame or something. Like I, well, don't, they, I don't think they actually see they don't think out very clearly what they're saying a great deal of the time. When I look at... Do they all need, like, logic classes or something? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> to learn what a syllogism right, is. Right, exactly. Syllogism, it always comes back to this. If this statement is true and this statement is true, it means this. Or if these two statements are both true, then it means that. It, mm -hmm. It's very simple how it works. And you can't, as we were talking about um, in our last podcast with Paula White... Yeah. You can't make this statement and that statement and then agree to this statement. Yes. And in this case, if he wants religion out of politics, then he should excuse himself and he should stop having uh, a presence. And the huge PAC funding right. that these that these religious groups have that they put behind the most conservative politicians who they believe will follow the faith that... And they have ultimately it's appropriate. not even faith. It's just it's not. very strange values that no. they have. And that's why we're addressing this topic today because it has nothing to this it, to me was as clear a break as you can have mm -hmm. from the teachings of Jesus yeah. or from Christianity. Yeah, so let's go away from Falwell mm -hmm. and his literally asinine statement right. about Mitt Romney and say 
Hassan, Mr. Romney, you know, better late than never, I guess. Right. Uh, it was too little too late, but at least it but was not nothing. Something that my dad used to say to me, and it's a very old saying, you have to shave your own face in the morning. Yeah. And that mirror is looking back at you. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. I have to look back at that face and think about what I did. Yeah. Right. So So now we're gonna go back to Trump who has who who says stands up and says to a religious scholar, I disagree with you. Right. About and now, forgiveness. About forgiveness, yes. So let me have uh, ask you a question. So I'm gonna quote somebody else down. I, I want you to see if you can figure out who it is. Mm. All right. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Well, I'm reading the, I'm reading our, our notes and you tell me that it was not Donald Trump, which yes. doesn't surprise me because those were... Um, all words that made sense in in order. So uh -huh. I had to kind of dis discount at Donald Trump anyways. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd go with Jesus. God, this is great. Seems a little <laughs> soft for Paul. Paul, right, Paul so. did the other thing. But Jesus, <laughs> the whole tenet, the main tenet of Christianity is forgiveness. Now, you don't show up to an interfaith event hosted by Christians and contradict the basic principles of the Christian faith, specifically contradicting Jesus Christ. I mean, you do if you're Donald Trump and you're the most important person in the universe. Right. Forgiveness is not just an important part of the Christian faith. It is the central teaching of the faith. God forgives us for the sins we commit. We must forgive others following God's example. Trump will not forgive those members of Congress who rightfully impeached him for a great moral wrong he committed. Jesus instructed his followers to forgive people even if they were wrongfully or repeatedly sinned against. Right. And in this case, mm -hmm. he was not wronged because he knows no. as well as ever, anyone that he is guilty of the crimes for which he was accused. Right, exactly. Um, and now he is going on a cleaning spree, a vindictive firing squad, mm -hmm. uh, getting rid of people... Not even uh, who this is, testified against people them. who are related to people, and who also are the twin brother of the person. It's who like testified what was the logic? Them. You look like that guy. I'm going to get rid of you too. Well, he's also the he, he also is the type of person who would say that because a judge was ethnically Mexican, even right. though he was born in the United States. He was he would incapable of judging, incapable fairly. Of judging yeah. fairly. So he really puts a lot of stock in family that's, ties. That's why I don't take. I it's come to a, a really terrible point where there's not two sides anymore to the political argument about not to the political argument. No, no, no. There's no two sides to it anymore. If you voted for this man, you knew before he got into office what he was. He, he told you. He was very open about it. He was a bigot. Yes, and a he, misogynist. And a misogynist and a rapist. All those things came out well before he mm -hmm. was ever... He abused the poor. He um, was financially irresponsible. Uh, I, I forgot the exact number of businesses he had that He's crashed He's bankrupted casinos. Right. Which are statistically mm -hmm. 
the hardest thing to bankrupt. They are designed to just mint money. And he couldn't run one of those appropriately. Yeah, I think that the, he survived. And we've seen his, his negotiation skills are literally non-existent. Right. So uh, I don't, for the life of me, understand how he got to be where he was, how he is. Money. But I think that the people who have supported him over the years and continue to support him, and I've had friends who I went to school with, some of the, the, the religious schools I went to in the past I've, we've talked about, mm-hmm. who are still trying to give him a chance. And, I, and I'm and i having a hard time now dealing with him because... At this point... Dealing with those people. Because my thing is, if you are still supporting him after everything that he said and still giving him a chance... Not just question, said, and done. Right. And my question done. now is, especially coming after the Obama presidency... It really does feel like if that man was black, would you give him the chance? Hell no, they wouldn't. And that's what's really bothering me because it's there's something deeply rooted inside of a person that goes, I'm going to keep giving this guy another chance. and To do what exactly? And, yeah, and, and the other issue that I have with it is the people who are giving him chances are the people who are not being hurt by his policies. Well... That's Violent, not in enti- my experience. That's not entirely true. Right. Um, a lot of the people who are giving him a lot of chances are mm-hmm. poor white people who no, are being again. significantly hurt mm-hmm. by his policies, but not in a way that they would admit to. No. Oh, oh, well, here I'll correct my but, statement. But they're not in pe- my queer people of color, which right. yeah, in, the people that I'm talking about in specific are not people who are suffering an existential threat from him. Correct. Yes. Whereas people of color. Uh, the gay community yeah. are literally suffering an existential threat yep. from him. We could be killed. We could be imprisoned. Yep. Uh, we could have our rights taken away from us. Mm-hmm. But the people and not just could are right. actively yeah, that is actively, actively happening. happening. Yes, they're in a privileged position of, well, it's not hurting me. So exactly, which is feels unchristian to me. Yeah. Maybe I'm, as an outsider, maybe I'm wrong. No, But that feels, uh, I got mine, so forget everybody else. This feels, like, deeply unchristian to me, but maybe I'm misunderstanding. No, you you pretty much have put your finger on it. Now, I'm going to quote this Jesus person again. Oh, good. And Peter, St. Peter, comes up to Jesus and asks, How many, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? <laughs> Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. But 78, you get to pop him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> anybody who's been a parent or anybody who's had a really good friend who's gone through a rough time knows exactly what that means. Right. There are times when, you know, as a, as a father, I've had to sort of rein it in and go, I'm going to look past that or I have to look right. past that because I understand that person didn't mean it or sometimes have a friend who's suffering mm-hmm. through a bad time and you have to kind of accept it. And that doesn't necessarily, and I do want to sort of be explicit, that doesn't mean stay in toxic relationships. No, no, it does not. It does not mean to be a doormat. But it does mean you don't need to be vindictive against that person. You right. can just stop interacting with that person. You can just yes. remove yourself from the conversation. I think what it, somebody said, I still want to see you eat. I just don't want you at my table. Exactly. That's a very good way of putting it. I, I don't. Uh, I, it was 
a I black have, man who said it. It was a rapper, and I don't know who. I don't know. Yeah, wasn't <laughs> so, even endorsing you. That wasn't. It wasn't um, me. But that's. Yeah, I. I don't. I want to see you eat. Right. Or I want to see you fed, mm-hmm. but not at my table. Yeah, we don't have to wish ill will on no. the person, but there are sometimes that you do have to separate yourself yes. from the person. But there's also the action of forgiveness and letting go of what people do against you is mm-hmm. important for you. For you, yeah. Right? Rather than just letting it fester. sit here, because look at the kind of behavior it's inciting in the president, where it's just now vindictive. It's going yes. after people, it's hurting people, it's yes. embarrassing us in front of the entire world. Now, Jesus makes it very plain. There is no end of God's forgiveness. He, We must extend the same forgiveness to others. Did Jesus practice what he preached? How far was he willing to take this idea? After being falsely arrested, falsely arrested, tortured, forced to carry the tool of his own execution, crucified, he says this, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And this is while soldiers are gambling with dice over the clothes they've taken off of his body as he was dying. Well, that's gross. Hey, okay. soldiers. That's gross. So that is a legacy of Christianity. Love and forgiveness has no boundaries. This is a legacy that Donald Trump ignores. Or just doesn't know about. And it's fine and his happy and his blissful ignorance. You can't, and we've had that discussion before too, you can't sort of claim part of this legacy without believing or accepting any of it. Well, he has, and he can. He can, but he... it's illegitimate, and that's why... Well, so is most of his presidency, right. well, so I have a, I, it just I, gets in line with everything if else. If the country survives, which I, is a big hold, if at this point... I hold no hopes. I, if it November does, is going to be heinous, and January is going to be worse. Well, he's already calling on people to have a civil war in the event that he's taken well, out of office. After he was impeached, he put out a commercial that showed him just perpetually president forever right what well, yeah so I... america was uh well you had a shot you didn't do great so we're gonna go ahead and recycle yeah well that was kind of when i looked at the day that the impeachment decision came down yeah i uh, remember posting on facebook that i was privileged today to witness the death of a republic yeah and it felt very much like when i'm watching you know, when you're watching the end of an empire. Yep. And with this it. week's Justice Department shenanigans, yeah. it it's not better. It's, it's not getting better. It's falling to pieces. Mm-hmm. And the people who are supposed... And you think, what did the average Roman peasant, what did the average uh, band in the street in Babylon when the Medes and the Persians took it? You know, you, you, you wonder, what was it like being there on that day? We're about to find happened. out. We may find out. What I, what was it like going, oh, God, this is the end of it. This is not, our way of life is gone now. And I feel that it it really did happen. That was the end of all of our, those fine hopes and ambitions that people had, mm-hmm. which never were quite really realized. Right. And not realized for everybody. Not No, certainly not. Uh, but. I feel that people have been pushed down so much that they're just going to shrug. Yeah. And just. Be miserable. And, and I'm that's curious about what, what happens next. Uh, there was a friend of mine who recently set up a, a picture of the last frame of Planet of the Apes, <laughs> which I thought was appropriate. Just the, the Statue, of Statue of Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> Half buried in, well, in I sand. Well, I mean, she's already doesn't... <laughs> it's meaningless now. Mm-hmm. And, and those ideas are meaningless. One of the things, the other things that Trump said at this prayer breakfast 
was he did gave a, again a very skewed view of the um, a skewed view of American history. Of course he did, because he doesn't know anything. A, a view that was leaning towards how important Christianity was, and that we were a Christian nation, despite the fact that clergies of other faith at this uh, breakfast. Well, he has no tact. He has no tact, and he has no understanding exactly of how people live. And I think that no, nope. ask him how much milk right. is. He's a person, frankly, who he is as much a Christian as Anne Rand. Oh yeah, and she definitely is. Right. And wasn't. She he ascribes to the same morality and somehow is still trying to pass himself off as a follower of Jesus or a person who could be endorsed. We should not endorse Anne Rand. They should not endorse him. I that's my feeling about it. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you liked it, please subscribe and leave us a review and share it with a friend. We have an internet home without com. Our show notes, links to stories we talk about, and transcripts for our episodes can be found there. We're also reachable at withoutworkspod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at withoutworkspod and on Facebook uh, by searching withoutworkspodcast. All of that information is on the website as well in easily clickable links, so go check it out. I've been Amity, and he's been Lemuel, and we urge you to get out there and do something good.